Hello, George. Hello, Ollie. How, How are, are you? you? Sorry. <laughs> this time... It's me. I feel like you always get to ask me how I am, and it feels like a bit of a trick. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I always get in there first. Yeah, so how the fuck are you, man? Oh, no, I just lost your video. You're, you're, you're zooming. I know. It said, host stopped my video. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to, but just be oh, warned yeah. that at any time I can mute you, Was I that... can turn you off. That was just a, a little <laughs> demonstration of my power. That's like flexing my muscles. On Zoom. I know, well. Now I know where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so how am I? I'm brilliant, man. I really am. Um, I get, I'm always like, you know, every phone call I have at the moment, I'm wary not just to jump into it going, you know, I'm feeling great because <laughs> I'm aware that's not the kind of... Default. Yeah, exactly, man. I don't think that's where everyone's at. But I've found a way to... Um, I don't know. Stay pretty steady during all of this. Um, yeah. But why do I feel guilty about that? It's like a, because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no point pretending that you're having a terrible time. Like, obviously, it's one thing to be, you don't want to be like, God, this is fucking wicked, isn't it? I can't wait. I hope <laughs> quarantine never ends. But you, equally, yeah. you don't have to be like, make up that you're struggling if you're not. And uh, I'm very happy to hear that you're you found a, a lockdown equilibrium, yeah, and it's working for you. I, I don't and know God, you look is, great. Like, wow, go on. Huh. I can take more of this. Okay, um, your uh, lips look great. Your cheeks look great. <laughs> uh, beautiful eyes. Thank you, mate. I tell you what, I did um, something this weekend, which I think I'm going to try and do every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it made a huge difference. And what I did was I did 24 hours of fasting. So I did 24 hours, no food and no screens. So the no food thing, eh, there's not much in that other than I tried it once before and I kind of thought, well, I'm not expelling much energy. I might just try that again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that and, you know, that's fine. Um, but the no screens, mm-hmm. I like had... 24 hours, if not a little longer. <laughs> At first, my plan was to actually lock myself in a room with a blackout blind. Okay, good. So and we're allowed to speak about your initial idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my initial idea. <laughs> Go on. Well, you phoned me up and, and said it was something along the lines of like, oh, I'm going to be a bit busy this Saturday, uh, you know, if I'm not replying to messages or anything. I'm going to go in a blacked out room for, I was going to do it for 48 hours, but I'm actually going to do it for 24 hours. I'm going to have like eight pint glasses full of water surrounding me. Uh, no books, no phone, nothing, no music, just silence, a blacked out room and a mop to piss and shit in. And... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not a, a, a mop bucket. You're right. You're right to correct me. It was a, a mop bucket. Yeah. And... My reaction was, you know, why? Why would you do that? That sounds so bad. And at the same time, I'm wary that things that seem absolutely unthinkable to me, like that kind of um, being alone with your thoughts or even just the the kind of meditation, you, you are more... You've been in that world more than me. If that makes sense. I think, so I don't want to completely write off 
I'm sure that the, that would be beneficial in some way, but it also sounds scary to me. Maybe it's scary to you as well, and that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah, that because on the, our phone... So, just to bring people up to speed, I had this, like, kind of bolt of inspiration where I was yeah, like, I should do 48 hours. Like, different <laughs> ways. <laughs> I was like, I should do 48 hours. What I realised is I had... My screen time had not just doubled, tripled, and I was, like, constantly checking Instagram. And, you know, what started as, you know... We're going to be in quarantine and we should all be creative and uh, all of that nonsense. It, that Remember wasn't that? reality <laughs> Remember that? at all. It was like I was just, you know, uh, looking at my screen and I realised, well, there's no, like, for you to take a weekend just in a black room. So, like, my thinking was, here was my thoughts. Um, although it is intimidating and scary, I think that if I were to sit there and only be with my thoughts, it would make me have to confront things that are going on in my mind. And if at any point it got too much, I could leave. No one's locked me in that room. Mm -hmm. I can walk out of the room. And I got myself ready. I got the room ready and everything on Friday night so that on Saturday I could wake up. (laughs) I could wake up on Saturday and just take myself into the room. And then on Friday night at, say, 2am, I woke up. And I was really quite scared about the idea. I was quite like, oh, that sounds... Uh, and, and very easily, I just said to myself, well, don't do it, man. Like, no one's making you do this. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. And so I went back to sleep, woke up on Saturday morning. And what I did at 2 a.m. then is I turned my phone off. And then from... I didn't look at my phone, a laptop, a television until midday Sunday, I'd say. And I don't know, I just pulled my, because I don't have a balcony or anything, so I just pulled my chair into the window and I sat in the sun and I read and I played guitar and I sang. And like on more than one occasion, I just found myself laughing. (laughs) But in a really like, like a nice, just thinking about people and like memories. And then the, the best thing about it is then on Sunday, it was a bit like, when should I turn my phone on? Mm -hmm. I was a bit like, I want to do it. There was like this excitement to talk to everybody and, you know, ring people and catch up with people. But equally, I was a bit like, well, or you couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, this feels really nice. And yeah, I've, I've, even today, so it's Tuesday now, I still feel like a bit of a hangover from it of just... Afterglow. Looking at my... Yeah, yeah. And all without the... Mop bucket. Mm. You know, Perfect. I was free to use the well, toilet this <laughs> as is, normal. This is the thing. You, the the version that you ended up doing sound. I'm completely on board with that. And also, I understand if you at some point want to, you've set yourself this challenge. Maybe you'll work up to doing the more extreme version, mop bucket or not. But I think that quite often you can it's like all or nothing for you it's either like i'm going mm. to never eat again or mm. uh tonight i'm having a fucking stack of yeah, yeah. whatever and so like i think it's good that at 2 a.m you were able to have that when you were feeling a bit anxious about it you were able to have that thought like oh yeah you don't it's not a failure if you don't do this uh, but that, for me, maybe the most profound thing of all of it for me is actually that moment where in the past I would 
It's, I, this sounds so ridiculous because it's just something I've made up. I'm going to do this day without screens. No one's... But it, if I were like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do it, I'd either berate myself and be like, you've got to do it, George. You said you were going to do it. Mm -hmm. Or I wouldn't do it and feel like I'd... I don't know. It's all, it is very all or nothing. So the fact that I was like, cool, well, don't do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, oh, wicked, George, you're learning. That is good. Which is good. And, and your day sounded, I mean, oh. I, I want to, well, in fact, maybe you're going to suggest something, George, that um, anyone who's interested can get involved. What, I, th I think like, just for myself, I'm going to try and start doing just screen-free Saturdays or screen-free Sundays. I personally, I prefer Saturday during this period because then Sunday is quite a nice, you know... Catch-up day. Catch-up with people. It's slower anyway. It does have so to be... screen-free Saturdays. It does have to be Saturday or Sunday because of the alliteration. So if you're someone who finds yourself thinking, I could do screen-free Wednesday, no, don't be fucking mad. It's yeah. got to be Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. But well, I think yeah. Don't you know? Come on, let's not be silly now. <laughs> and things have to be cat. They have to have a ring to them. Yes, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all about presenting it in a zingy way. And I yeah. think you'll all agree. Screen free Saturday slash Sunday couldn't be more zingy. Um, yeah, I mean, and maybe there were things that helped. You know, it was a, in London. It was just sunshine, mm. which was like amazing. You had a good book. I had a brilliant book. I um yeah. Should I get into, I read The Alchemist, which, I don't know, I might be about to go down one of these, like, stop me if I'm going down a silly path, but when I was 16, okay. there no, was... Okay, so I'll just stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, go on. When I was 16, there was this kind of fork in the road of, the, it was the first time I remember thinking, what are you doing? going to do and it was the first time that kind of that question was put on me because I was never academic and hey sweetie <laughs> sweetie no, no, no. listen I listen no sweetie 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 please 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 listen man sometimes <laughs> um the students who are you know getting all A's where are they now Oh no 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 no! I'm like this. I'm saying I wasn't oh, academic. Honey, I never saw that as honey. a bad thing. No. <laughs> I never saw it as a bad thing. I loved and still loved the way I like. I I feel as if I enjoy learning more than a lot of people. I like. I always enjoyed it, but there was an honest conversation and an open dialogue between myself and my teachers and my parents. Of we will happily support George if he decides to go to sixth form, but we think he will struggle he will find it hard and maybe he should look into going to college right and but that wasn't the difficulty I was 16 the intimidating thing was all of my friends were going to sixth form mm -hmm. and there's this thing of well I'm going to be the odd one out I'm going to miss out on social events I'm going to miss out on I won't be in the loop that was the scary thing um I even remember once me and my family going to Pizza Express for dinner around this period and we got talking about it and I just ended up crying my eyes out sat in Pizza Express and I remember I put my head in my hands and weirdly 
the room completely changed the way the landscape was in my head while I was crying. So I thought everyone was much further away from me. Like I thought I was kind of getting away with it. And then I opened them and I was like, whoa, there's a table right next to me. <laughs> So you, and I, yeah. you had your your head buried in your like double stained yeah. hands. Um, mm. Probably, I mean, in Hartford Pizza Express, you know, there's going to be at least at least one group of people on another table that you, you know. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and in that situation, when you're already feeling, if the thing you're getting upset about is the idea of like missing out on things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you find yourself upset in Pizza Express. <laughs> it's an alienating experience. Uh, yeah, and people, you know, will often ask, you know, where'd you get the inspiration for your heartfelt songs? And most of the time, I <laughs> you go back to that fateful I go night. Back to that. Yeah, but then. And I remember then my family got in the car to drive home, and I was like, I'm gonna walk home, and I just like thought about it all, and it was all. It was just, I think, in hindsight, I was quite intimidated by everything. And around that time, my dad gave me a copy of The Alchemist, which is a book. And I remember at the time, I absolutely loved it. And it felt like, you know, an amazing thing for him to have given me at that time. And then obviously, I'm isolated. So I've only got the books that I have to read. So I was looking at my bookshelf. And there's like a load that I haven't read yet. But then I saw it there. And I was like, well... I don't remember the story and I really appreciated it in uncertain times in the past. So maybe I should read that. Mm. And man, I did it cover to cover in, you know, the blink of an eye. And there's just little, I don't know, little nuggets of, ah, I, I found myself like putting it down and just looking out the window and thinking about what it was I had read. Epiphanies. Um, Having little epiphanies yeah. as it goes along. That, yeah. It really does sound like uh, the perfect book for where you're at at the moment i mean i haven't read it but you described it to me you gave me plenty of spoilers um so, so <laughs> yeah. just just in case anyone out there wants to read it we, we won't go into details of the plot but you know there were things in there that resonated with you for whatever reason and it sounds like it was the perfect on your screen free Saturday to have that accompaniment. Well, that's the reason I'm slightly worried that like next week when you look at your bookshelf and you just see like Top Gear annual from a couple of years ago <laughs> that you never got round to, maybe your no, look, Saturday won't be so. So then I um, like looked at my bookshelf and I was like, no, look at the ones you haven't read yet. And I found this monster book called Chinese Thought, okay. which... I, I remember buying it. I remember being in Waterstones and seeing it and for whatever reason being like, oh, I'd enjoy reading that. Okay. And, um, but I, I looked at it and I was like, why would you have bought that, man? And then the first chapter was just like a, so far was just like a brief history of China. But it's all about Is it their like thinkers. Buddhist wisdom, wisdom and Eastern wisdom? Yeah, it's like Taoism and... Chi Confucius, and, like Confucius, and then but then each chapter will be like how that plays into government or how that plays into <laughs> uh, people, and at the, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. So Screen Free Saturday has had big effect on my week so far. That's great. I, I this is I I want to try and do that because I'm definitely a slave to the old blue light of any screen 
and maybe I'm just making excuses for myself, but I feel like it's it would be a difficult thing to do because like my girlfriend has no interest in doing it. Uh, well, maybe she does. I haven't asked her, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I just immediately assume <laughs> yeah. maybe she does. But like, it would be a bit unfair of me to turn the flat into a completely, um, you know, like a temple for me for the day. And the way I am, if I could like hear her watching something in the other room or whatever, I know that it would get me itching, get me itching for yeah. some sweet, sweet screen time. So yeah. maybe I need to talk to her and see if it's something we could try. And maybe it doesn't have to be the whole day or whatever. I don't know. But since being in lockdown, I mean, I've always been, I always look at my phone and whatever too much, but because I've just been kind of working on my laptop all the time, I've been justifying it to myself by saying like, yeah, but you're like being productive and you're doing creative things that involve a screen, which is true, but I haven't really done any reading. I haven't, I always have stuff. I think you said this when we spoke the other day, like I always have a podcast or something playing in the background. And so I never really think, <laughs> very rarely at least, because I've always got something else to distract myself. That's definitely something I've done as like a weird, not weird, so I shouldn't say weird, but as some kind of crutch or coping mechanism to avoid things that might be scary. But, well, maybe this this is slightly tangential, but uh, obviously I haven't, I haven't had any therapy yet during this lockdown time. And... I've been a little worried because uh, I haven't been able to get in touch with the person who prescribes my antidepressants and I'm going to run out in uh, six days, I think. Today, I did actually finally get a response and it looks like it's all going to be okay. But that's the uh, the other reason I bring the, the, I brought that up because the idea of trying to do one of these uh, screen-free experiments while also coming off of my meds and not having had therapy for ages, that was all one big scary bundle. But I think I'm going to try and do some online uh, sessions. My doctor has obviously been overwhelmed and is extremely busy at this time, so I don't feel any like I'm not. I completely understand that it's difficult for everyone, um, but it's just been kind of confusing to get an idea of how I can go f forward and what I'm supposed to do when I can't leave the, the house to go and see my doctor or therapist or whatever. But yeah, like I said, it seems like it's going to be sorted. But yeah, it does mean that for the longest time in like a year and a half, I've gone the longest without having my, my weekly therapy sessions. So, and I... But has that made you, have you, have you found yourself having to remind yourself things that you've learnt in those sessions or pieces of advice you've been given in those sessions? Yeah, um, a little bit. And it's definitely helped that from going every week, I already kind of keep a, a journal about things that would be pertinent to the therapist and that has just kept on going. So I'm already kind of like organising my thoughts and feelings in a way that is probably helpful for me to do which I wouldn't have done if I didn't have the experience of therapy where, you know, that was something I had to do every week so that I had something to talk about. Otherwise, I'd turn up and be like, oh, well, I feel fine right now, so I guess I'm fine forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But 
So, I <laughs> just, just quickly, Ollie, that reminded me. Last time I was visiting, I came to Barcelona. Um, I gave you a ring to meet up, and you had been to see your therapist. And I, I was like, "Hey, man, how was it?" And you like just deadpan. You were like, "Yeah, man, like I'm cured. Uh, that's great." So where should we meet up? And I was like, "Well, like." <laughs> I feel like it seemed really weird to me. I was like, well, that's like a weird way to look at it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty weird. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you were like, really? Really? Made me laugh. really? <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm joking, man. But the, well, a brilliant thing that you're able to do at home sessions, whether it be video call or, you know. Yeah phone call i think um yeah they're the organization that i go through are obviously obviously they had to suddenly come up with this whole infrastructure that wasn't in place before i mean i think they did do some online sessions but not obviously not entirely so um so now that it's all uh kind of um settling down in that we're, we're, we've made our peace as much as we can with mm. the fact that we have to adjust to how we do things. I think now um, they've got more sessions available and stuff like that. So just, we'll just quickly, like, because you're right, to try and go, you know, throw the three things in the pot along with everything else. Well, not just three things. You're isolated. You haven't had access to a professional or therapist. You know, there's this fear of, medication and then the idea of throwing in like oh yeah and i'm gonna do no screens sardoud you know like <laughs> check me out that is probably silly but i wonder if there's a way in which you could just do okay on saturday i don't look at any screens until midday or like and that's something you and your girlfriend could do <laughs> together and then the following saturday you do until three or i don't know just just to try yeah. it out i mean i think again i need to I need to see see how she feels. Oh, and I mean, I, I do think I'm kind of making excuses by, well, if she doesn't do it, I guess I can't because it's not really true. I mean, or something I could do is lock yourself in a black room. Mm, could lock myself <laughs> in a black room, black room with pints of water around me in a mop bucket. I could do that. <laughs> or slightly less extreme, I could just like. Just something like, okay, you're going to look at your laptop screen because you, you're going to work, but don't look at your phone or like for, for the day, I mean, because the phone is a whole different world. <laughs> like I definitely do see my laptop as a, as like, it's more like where I do work. So I have a different relationship with it. Whereas my phone is just like words with friends, Instagram yeah. and whatever. Um, there's definitely uh the my laptop feels uh, as you said a, a tool for work whereas my phone definitely slips more into the gadget world or like <laughs> the kind of light entertainment yes. world of you know and also there's the way it becomes just like a like an extra digit on your hand like because it's so easy to do that's not something i do with my laptop i'm not walking around <laughs> flipping my laptop open every time i want to scroll through something whereas on your phone you could do that very easily so something i tried for a while on the last record was while I was touring, I deleted, I'll get into this another time, like kind of it, my relationship with social media because it's, I don't know, I find it interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but 
one thing I did was I bought an iPad that I had Instagram on and I would take a picture or a video and then email it to myself. But I wouldn't have the app on my phone because it's not the posting that's the issue. It's then the habitual, oh, I'll just click on discover and I'll look at this person's page and I'll, you know, before you know it, um, you know. Well, I do remember the, the dramatic cull that happened where suddenly Mr. Jeff Ezra is no longer following anyone, including his mm. future podcast co-host slash friend. And, you know, um, it's fine. You would think that if you're doing a podcast with someone, maybe you'd, uh, could at least you could do is follow them back on Instagram, especially if you've been friends for over a decade. But no, 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 no. I mean, who do you follow? Mind? Is Mind the only organization? That's the only person you follow? Oh, great. Okay, so you follow some faceless, admittedly well-meaning organization, but not your old pal Ollie. Um, but I understand that, especially if you're on Instagram and have a large following, as you do, there's one, the discover thing of just, like, you can scroll through looking at other people's stuff but there's also and i'm not saying you do this but there's i've certainly done this in the past but like you can get obsessed with your own stuff like who's looking at it and who's commenting and whatever reading every little thing and that's that's a a scary rabbit hole to go down and i i def i follow way too many people my girlfriend can't get her head around it i think let me just see and I don't know what, and they're mostly like, um, like bars and restaurants in Barcelona <laughs> <laughs> that I've seen. And I'm like, bars and music. Want... That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I follow, yeah, I follow 1,251 people on Instagram. That is way Ooh. too many. And most of them are, f- yeah. are like businesses <laughs> that yeah, like once yeah. posted like... a nice looking sandwich and i was like oh i want to go there at some point and i won't remember to go there unless i follow them on instagram which is <laughs> like that, that going back to that all or nothing thing that's how i found my relationship with these apps so like but i also this is the thing that makes me saddest of all because i know that this isn't just me or i imagine it can't just be me after my first record i was off and or even during it in fact I was touring, I was somebody that was in many ways living out their dream at that time of what they wanted to be doing. And I was following people, you know, I knew friends, school friends, people, you know, and I found myself comparing my life to theirs. They would post pictures of them and their partners on holiday and they would, and I, I subconsciously I was going, maybe I should be doing that. Maybe, da, da, da. And I remember one day having a moment where I was like, that can't be a thing, George, because you're, you're, everything you've worked towards for the last six years is now existing and you're, don't, it, it's not like I wasn't living it at all, what I was doing, but there was some you part can't of your be, brain that was. Yeah. And, absolutely. And I'm sure that those same people who posted a picture having a barbecue in Hartford and you were like, oh, I should be doing that, you know, they might see you post a picture wherever in America or whatever, doing all this exciting stuff and think, like, oh, George is having this exciting. Everyone is doing this comparison game. Um, yes and no one gets anything out of it because grass is always greener 
So as it uh, is, as I've always said, George, grass is always greener, and uh, yeah, the alchemist uh, might actually be an interesting story for anyone going through those feelings. There's an interesting twist on that in a way, isn't there, George? And uh, no plot spoilers again because you ruined it yeah, for me. Yeah. But um, it seems to be a recurring theme of just there's always some well apparently other thing out. There. Sorry. Yeah, apparently the storyline of The Alchemist is a recurring storyline and it's the returning hero, yeah. the, the hero's journey and that, you know, is echoed through a lot of, I don't know, stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I've said it before, we, I would love to do an episode where we dive into social media a bit and our relationships with it because I always, as somebody with an, a real interest in mental health and, you know, what it is, why it is and all of that i want to talk about social media and then i think like ah oh, is that like the sometimes it feels like a very easy th place to point your finger kind of like it is that but there's no doubt in my mind that it has a huge part to play in yeah it's like a, I, it's um well it's like the thing of if something's a cliche it's but there's probably a reason that um and there's there's a reason that obviously you can't reduce it just to social media bad whatever but there are definitely aspects of it and when in terms of mental health, there's definitely it's doing something strange to people's minds that we're not necessarily used to or equipped to to deal with. But as you say, this maybe a post post quarantine when things return to normal service, maybe we can uh, devote more of an episode to that. Because do you smell that? I, do you know what? I smelt it a, a little while ago, but I didn't want to mention mm. anything. It, it, there's a strong breeze coming through London, and it's... Yeah, yeah. I can. Um, I can smell it. And remember, we're being nice to the messenger boy now, so let's get... If you've got anything to say about him negative, just get it out now. Like, I'm... I think he's disgusting. Like, he's a creep, and he makes me shiver. Like... Work cyphering! Work cyphering! Yeah, just get it out like that. You, you don't want him yeah. to arrive and then you suddenly, that bulb boils over. So, okay. Here he comes. Trot, trot, trot. Email for you, my lord. News from the East, sire. This email has just come in, my lord. Uh, thank you, messenger boy. You're a very sweet boy. And uh, keep, keep on keeping on. Thank you. You know, don't need to linger. No, nothing else to say, really. So if you'd be on your way. No, I'd, I'd say that's, you know, you've fulfilled. Your, yeah. yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Yes. And one of the things, if I was to you know, give some feedback, I would say uh, be less visible. You do stick around a bit too long after you've done the, the job that you're here to yeah, do. But, but the job when you do it... It's really good, yeah. It's just great. It is yeah. good, but it's just like, I want... I almost don't want to know it's happening. Like, I want it to yeah. just be seamless. And so... Yeah. And so we'll be seeing you. But still, uh, really nice. And you look ripped recently. <laughs> Fine figure of a messenger boy. Um... So, Ollie, we have just been given a stack of letters, uh, all of which I'm hoping are positive stories from communities across the world during this bizarre time. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to read us one? Yes. So this one is from Chloe. Chloe says, 
Hey George and Ollie, hope you're both holding up well. I work in a secondary school and I'm a mental health first aider, so I've made a booklet about recognising, understanding and managing anxiety in young people, as there are bound to be loads of young people who are experiencing anxiousness right now and don't know what to do with this foreign and awful feeling. It's aimed at parents as it may be a new experience for them to help their child with anxiousness too. It also really helps encourage readers to think of anxiety as more than a binary thing, as in it's not just something you have or you don't, and instead helps people think of it as a feeling that can grow and lessen in, in intensity at a variety of times. It promotes the knowledge that it's something anyone can experience and to a degree is normal in certain circumstances, such as COVID-19, worldwide pandemic. I think it's normal to feel some anxiety about that. I developed a scale of anxiousness and put it in the booklet to help parents and young people grasp this topic. And so Chloe has attached this booklet and uh, maybe um, we can link to it somehow because I think obviously it's aimed specifically at younger people and parents, but I think it's pretty useful for everyone, to be honest, especially right now. And it's all very nicely laid out. It's got emojis on the anxiousness scale. And I just think I, I wish that when I was younger, there had been someone at my school doing something like this. Maybe there was, I don't want to <laughs> assume, but like this was just something we didn't, we didn't talk about as much. And, you know, I'm not that old. I just want to say I'm not talking about back in my day. <laughs> Well, you're 26, man. I'm 25. I'm younger than you. I'm 25. Sorry, sorry. I'm younger than you, okay? Um, yeah. But I just thought that was uh, really helpful. We keep getting messages from uh, people who work in, in schools who are, you know, going above and beyond just to help their students. It just shows how much these people, you know, truly care about what they do. And something like this, I think, is going to be really helpful for children themselves and also for parents who might be thinking, how am I supposed to explain this to my kids when I'm pretty confused as well? So I just thought that was excellent work from Chloe. Yeah, man, I love that. Thank you, Chloe. And I think that you mentioned it on a podcast a few weeks ago, Ollie, about something else that you had seen or a listener had written in about. It's like designed for children. Yeah, it was like new, the, news round or something, some BBC yeah, thing. But I, I think that's actually things are sometimes simplified. And I don't mean in like a kind of spoon feeding way, but it, you get rid of the chaff when you try and present something to a child because it's you don't need to bog them down with anything other than the bare necessities. And I think that helps adults as well. I, th I think that, that what Chloe's made there could definitely help uh, a lot of people. So brilliant. Yeah. It's like I read, I've read lots of articles about mental health at this time and specifically about anxiety and the pandemic and stuff like that. A lot of them for certain kind of publications, the first few paragraphs are kind of like clickbaity, just like... Mm every sentence is just designed to like keep you reading but it's there's no it's all filler there's no real content and there's more in chloe's work uh workbook sorry what's the word i'm looking for worksheet workbook chloe's thing that she made there's more in that than i've read in in a lot of articles published by like you know national newspapers and stuff when um, you say they've got clickbait is it like 
it won't be uncommon for people to be feeling anxiety during this period. And by the end of this article, we'll have taught you how to be a self-made millionaire. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> or like, um, in these trying times, all of us will be experiencing varying degrees of anxiety. And by the end of this article, you could have a beach body ready for <laughs> summer 2020. Absolutely. How cryptocurrency can help you manage your anxiety during... <laughs> How Litcoin changed my life. <laughs> well, that one I agree with. We should get that out yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I'm so well done to Chloe for that. And yeah. yeah, I'll somehow, I'll tweet the link to it. Well, Chloe has, has said, by the way, that um, it's fine to share her resources. So thank you very much, Chloe. Awesome. Well, I think we should. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you, Chloe. Yes. yes. Um... Okay, I'm going to hit you with a message here, Ollie. Yes, please. Hello, my lords. Yes, 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 yes. And I just want to say that's in the email. Oh, okay, the that's actually written in. That's, uh, yes. okay, good. So it's good to know that your, your refrain that we usually hear when you get hyped on the um, <laughs> yeah. emails has, has stuck, well, struck a chord with the listeners. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. So it says, hello, my lords. Yes, 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 yes. I'm absolutely loving your podcasts and they are brightening up my days during this pandemic. I especially love how open you both are about mental health. I work for the ambulance service and during this difficult time, we have never been so tired and afraid. But we remain strong and determined and are trying to see the light in the smallest of situations. In the midst of this madness, Myself and my crewmate were driving down a country road, blue lights and sirens, the beautiful sun setting and listening to the radio, when this song by some strange fellow comes on. <laughs> we knew all the lyrics and were singing our heads off and suddenly we resonated with the lyrics. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, so we've since claimed that this was obviously written about an ambulance and is our go-to song when we feel down. And the song says, time flies by and this situation will soon be over. We will look back and all these current feelings will be distant memories. And she goes on to say, please keep up your amazing podcasts. You are giving people a reason to get through the week and bringing some happiness and laughter into people's homes. I would so love to be friends with you both. Oh, well. Well, I, well, I would say I'd you like already are. Extend it. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, stay safe and take care, Penny. I mean, even for me, uh, someone who did not write that song had... Well, I mean, some argue that actually I kind of have inspired everything you've ever done. You'd be nothing without me. But <laughs> yeah. as I read that, I just thought... I thought... I felt sort of, I guess, proud of my, my pal George uh, because... And of course, you know, a huge amount of admiration for, I would say, no offense, George, more admiration for the ambulance stuff. But I just thought that, like, they had this kind of quiet moment in the midst of all this madness and your song was the soundtrack to it. And I just thought that was a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Do you know what? It's so lovely to hear, like, yourself say that or somebody like Penny here because I feel completely detached to what any of my music might be make somebody feel i don't know if you feel that with your music as well it's like kind of i can't imagine i don't know it's just songs that i write so i've even reading that 
like it's lovely to hear but you can't but I, put yourself in that yeah yeah, yeah i feel it feels like they're talking about somebody else so yeah. it's it's um but i love that there's this ambulance rocking around the country lanes mm-hmm. um you know in the yellow uh, and green yeah, so thank you very much, Penny. And could you just confirm that that song was indeed written about uh, ambulance staff um, and any news otherwise is fake news. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's all been about that. I've heard a lot of people say, like, please, mate, you've got to clear this up between me and my mate. You did write that about Norwich City Football Club, didn't you? And I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, no, man, no. What a leap, man. Yeah, but hey, listen, people can bring whatever they want to art and, you know, take take stuff out of it. Although maybe not that. That yeah. seems like a bit of a stretch. Um, but thank you, Penny. Thank you, Penny, and, and thank all you very your much. colleagues and everyone. Yeah. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Uh, okay, so George... Let me hit you with another one. Did I send you this one? Perry's dreams come true? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, you didn't. Okay, that's all right then. So, hello guys. Wait, sorry. This email is from Bernadette. And is Bernadette? Bernadette's a woman's name, right? Uh, well, it depends because Bernadette Cumberbatch is definitely a bloke. So I, I, it, I think it's bilingual. Bilingual, is it? <laughs> you got me thinking about Bernadette Cumberbatch now. <laughs> okay, this email is from Bernadette. Bernadette says, Hello, guys. Lockdown is dreadful and we are all suffering in our own ways. Uh, okay, this, by the way, this does get a bit more fun, this email. Um, all of us except for my furry baby, Perry. Perry is a one-year-old Shih Tzu named after the show Kevin and Perry for his cheeky nature. Um, Perry has been tearing about the house with joy because we are all home all the time. Makes me wonder if he's overacting to compensate for the fact that he usually throws crazy dog parties when we're all out. I'm grateful for all this extra time I get to spend with him, but it's like I've been living with a stranger up to now. He's a different man. During this lockdown, I've been in the garden a lot, and I can now hear that neighbours... I can now hear my neighbour's younger children. The kids have set up a tent in the garden to create their own school. Great idea. The only thing that becomes a bit concerning about this make-do school is that at times it sounds more like a cult or dictatorship. Just yesterday it sounded like they were prepping for a war, not an hour of mathematics. Takes me back to when I was younger and pretended to be teacher and I'd over-exaggerate the strictness of my role. I was wondering if you've heard anything that's made you chuckle from neighbours or if you have a furry friend that's happy to have you home. Um, so, Bernadette, interesting to hear about Perry. Your dog could have been... Can I just quickly a... ask, is Perry their child or their dog? Hmm. Furry baby, 
One year old yeah. shit suit. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, no, no. Crazy no, sorry, dog I forgot parties. that bit. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, All I'm I remember. Sure. Is... Yeah, sorry. Um, so I've got uh, my cat, Woody, who is definitely loving having meet my girlfriend and I home at, at all times, but he's quite an unusual cat because he's more dog-like. He's very needy. In fact, he woke me up at 4am this morning just because he wanted some company. Um, this has become a very unhealthy habit that at f- he won't like sleep through the night unless I come and sleep on the sofa with him. So basically, <sighs> I, s- I sleep with my cat more than I do with my girlfriend, but... As in, I sleep next. I sleep next to my. I sleep next to my cat more, <laughs> more than I sleep next to my girlfriend, and I think that us being around all the time has only made this kind of neediness worse. But the little the comment about the neighbors setting up their own school and getting quite culty makes me think about my sister because my sister is is the eldest of my three siblings, and. Uh, she was definitely the strict kind of I don't want to say Hitler type. Um, the sort of uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to put this. The sort of like Stalin. No, like was she like Mike Wazowski? Was she like the kind of law enforcer? <laughs> what the the receptionist from Monsters Inc. Roz. Roz. Yeah. No, because I mean she was she had more fun than that. But like uh, she would organize the fun that we were having quite strictly. And if, if we started to diverge from the prescribed path of fun that she had decided on, like uh, we've got videos of where she dressed my brother up in various roles for little like plays and things that she'd devised. And every time he messes up, you can just hear him like, David, no, David. <laughs> um <laughs> But, hey, you know, uh, she listens to the podcast and, uh, oh, only love to all my brothers and sisters out there. (laughs) Hey, yeah. But, um, yeah, George, I know that you've, because Bernadette asked if you've, um, there's been anything that made you chuckle from neighbours. Obviously, we talked about your urban Robin Hood, the archer on the roof. Have you seen him since then? Or has he been arrested? (laughs) I have. I've seen Urban Robin Hood, um, but not with his bow and arrow. Um, Sword? Or, uh, no, uh, definitely a parasol okay. at one point. He had and a lot of energy. Oh. One thing that did happen with neighbours, and I don't, I've just realised I don't really know if I want to share this story or not, but I'm going to tell it now and then we can decide. Well, we've got our um, go-to music for when... You tell a story that cannot be included. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's more just a bit embarrassing on my part. So, on Saturday, during my screen-free Saturday, um, I was playing guitar and I was looking out the window and I saw on this rooftop um, two girls and I thought, like, I don't know if it's that I'm just, like, starved of kind of human contact or like I just need, but I did. I may or may not have opened the window and sang a little louder than I normally would. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they were gonna like their ears would prick up. They'd be like, "Wait, I don't know what I thought was gonna happen." Um, 
And it's, subsequently, I did. It made me laugh so much because I like realized, or when you reflected on it. Oh God, George, man! And this is why I keep going through the like the balancing scales of like, no, I'm actually quite. I'm doing fine, and I'm you know coping quite well with the isolation. And then I think, well. Hey, that's uh, not so bad. Telltale sides. Well, I would. Yeah, I, would I know say, it's just more embarrassing on my part. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would say that the um, the the red flags, the alarm bells, are probably more the idea that you're going to sit in a black room for forty eight hours than <laughs> that you opened a window a little bit. But still. But no, nothing. Nothing. Um, I haven't seen anything particularly. I mean. Urban Robin Hood doing his thing. That's pretty. Uh, I mean, that's enough. That's all right, George. We'll we'll accept yeah. that. Um, but I would like to say that's. Um, it's put a smile on my face to picture Bernadette and a cheeky Perry cheeky just making Perry. the most of their time together. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much, Bernadette. Um, thank you, Bernadette. Do you have one more, George? Yeah. Would you like one more? Um, one more, and then a quick one for me. Very quick. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. To George and Ollie, I just wanted to say thank you to both of you for making something that brings mental health into the foreground of things, but in a way that's so approachable, funny and listenable. For a while, I've been missing listening to episodes of the podcast so that I can kind of save them up, so that when I'm having a rough mental health day, I have a little stockpile that I can turn my attention to. I haven't even begun to listen to the stories of people doing kind things in this currently coronavirus-y world we all live in, but I know there'll probably be something really positive for when I do listen. Like George, I suffer with intrusive thoughts. However, for a really long time, I had no idea that this was a symptom of OCD, and it tended to come and go. I just thought, as a lot of people probably do, as it starts, that I was a terrible person, and how could these things even enter my head? It started when I was probably going through my teens, and now only at the age of 22 have I really started to do something about it and trying to understand it. Listening to the podcast, I know I'd occasionally find myself doing the odd sort of cry as I'd realised that actually other people actually go through similar things and that it doesn't automatically mean that you're some sort of monster. I was just recently listening to Watchdogging where George mentioned how his stream of intrusive thoughts would come on almost as if he was testing himself and I just had to pause the podcast for a second because it resonated a lot. Now, after however many years since the initial onset, I've taken the steps to approach my local NHS mental health service, and after being assessed, I'm now on the waiting list for some CBT to help try and begin tackling the intrusive thoughts. It's nerve-wracking thinking about what this all will entail, and about how tough it might feel to talk about, but it definitely feels positive to be making this kind of step instead of just letting myself spiral in my own head. So I just wanted to say thank you to you both again for the podcast. It's such a wonderful, certainly relatable thing that brings a little bit of comfort at needed times. Trying to create a more open conversation about mental health is such a needed thing and what you guys are doing really is putting smiles on people's faces too. Thanks again. And then there is the sender's name here, but... She hasn't said whether she wants to be... Okay, play it. we'll, we'll play anonymous. it safe. Yes, but just so you know, uh, we've seen your email and that's an absolutely lovely thing to read. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that you've reached out to your you know, local NHS and that 
you're starting to you know look into what all of this is and how to manage it and I think one of the things is the expectation of eradicating these things is not the way to look at it and it's more the managing of these things um, is a healthier way to look at it which I think you are doing Mm -hmm. and I think that whilst you will email us saying that you know you're enjoying the podcast and that it's you know comforting and inspiring at times I'd like to say for myself I find emails like this and correspondence with you guys really inspiring Mm -hmm. myself and yeah just thank you very much and um yeah good luck with everything yeah I think um the emailer says that just kind of hearing um you George talk about things that that they can relate to um even that has been a helpful step. So, you know, imagine what it's like when you talk to someone who actually knows what they're talking about, like a professional. Yes. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I, there's definitely value in talking about it with whoever and people who aren't professionals. But I just mean to say that this is a very positive step that you're taking. And as you've said, and as hopefully we've demonstrated, you are absolutely not alone you're not some evil villain for having these thoughts and yeah good luck with the next step it's just um reminded me this email of that whole the nerves the first time because i did a course of cbt therapy myself and the idea of talking about you know everything going on in my head i assumed that i would start and that i you know even i'd see like a twitch in the therapist's face of like Oh my Uh-oh. word, this person is crazy. And it, the like relief when you kind of, you take the breath, right, I'm going to say this thing. And then they just nod and go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this person is here to help me. Mm-hmm. They're not judging me. They're this, it's that thing of like, you know, that there's nothing you can say that shocks these people. They're able to see whatever it is you're going to talk about, not as, what is it I'm trying to say, Ollie? They're not going to see it as an intrusive thought. They're going to see it as a part of, to the symptoms of whatever it is you're experiencing and maybe even the subject of them or what's in these thoughts to them isn't really important it's more the nature of how often they come around mm-hmm. and how and your relationship with the thoughts yeah so i i think that's something to remind oneself maybe y- is that, yes. that that's the because your brain is yeah. just filling in the you know some gaps of what could just be just like bad stuff so Mm. the actual specifics of what you may be thinking about i mean uh, they they may be important because they might tell you about the kinds of things that you're worried about or the things that the therapist might want to focus on but they're not going to be judgmental about the actual things yeah and i wonder if the subject of the thoughts it's that's it it's more that the obsessive nature of them is the unhealthy thing although they're like thoughts to the thinker are not pleasant to have it's well how do we stop the obsessive relationship you have with these thoughts Mm -hmm. might be the the approach i don't know i I find all of that very interesting well maybe this emailer will keep us keep us updated about their yeah their journey and if any of you want to get in touch and have anything to say about the situation you're in or just mental health or issues in general then, uh, George, what would be the best way for them to do that? The best way for you to get in touch with us would be to email us at contact 
at phoneafriendpodcast.com. The best and only way is to email contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com. Just before we leave, George, we did get one more email that I think we um, should discuss. I'm just sending you an image on WhatsApp. Right, okay, I've got this beautiful picture up in front of me. Okay, so this is from Connie, and Connie says, I worked on this puzzle this week in between working from home, homeschooling, etc., and it was challenging but fun. When you figure out one section, you get on a roll for a while, which brings some joy in isolation. Now, George, last week uh, we talked about Neve's puzzle. Am I right in saying that this is a more complex beast? Um. Oh, my God. Really? You're going to sit here again and tell me that? So, well, firstly, should we no, describe no, the no, scene? No, 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 no. Right. Okay. So, for listeners, I'm now... Looking at an image of a puzzle, it's beautiful. There's these really warm hues of red and orange up in the top, which make up the sky. And then that comes down to this kind of Bob Ross-esque foliage. There's these trees, evergreens, very majestic it's looking. sort of idyllic uh, trees. kind of village. Uh, very idyllic. With a, a bridge very going idyllic. over a, a small river, a couple of swans yeah. or, or geese, I'm not sure. Um, and We're looking at a stately home yes, that, beautiful you home. know, beautiful home, um, warmly very well lit kept windows, gardens, warmly lit windows, warmly lit windows. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> ah, it looks like a bit of a babbling brook over there on the left, Ollie. I don't know if you can see that yeah. just running down in, in under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it really is, it's a, it's a pleasure to even just cast your eye over this image. So I can't imagine. Where do you think this is? And do you think we could go there? Um, it, so in the top left corner on the puzzle box, it says made in USA. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that this image is in the USA because to me it looks more like, and maybe this is just my own life informing this, this looks like it's in the county, home county somewhere. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, why? What do you think, you loser? You, you're a babbling brook. Yeah, I'm thinking either upstate New York mm, or Prague. <laughs> mm, okay, both possible, I suppose. But the thing, I don't know, there's something about this bridge. <sighs> Look, I don't know. I've not been to Prague. Um, I have been to upstate But the New architecture, York. the architecture of this building is quite gothic. Yes. I'd say. Yes, um, that's true. Although, I'm not sure. Okay, so yeah, I see what you're saying. Listen, we're getting getting (laughs) far away from the point here, which is this puzzle. Is this, it's a thousand piece, Um, Uh Would you say it's a more difficult one than the one Neve sent last week, which I think in your words was uh, baby shit? (laughs) Right. I want, to, I want to say, the reason I don't think that this puzzle here is any harder or easier than Neve's puzzle from last week, but my point with Neve's puzzle last week was just that I was saying to you, Ollie, as a friend, I think you'd be surprised. At, I think puzzles in general are not as hard as they look. Like this, the person that sent this photo in said, you get on a certain role with a section and it's really what looks like a very daunting image. It's like, where do I start? And then you're like, okay. oh, hang on, I'm onto something. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand that puzzles are doable. So, but thank you for explaining <laughs> that to me. But, <laughs> but all I'm saying is, is that even if in general there's a, a, a limit on how hard they can be, there's still going to be ones that are easier than others. Um, I would say this one looks tricky. Okay, and therefore, in comparison, Neves... but then it makes me. Si- I'm going to pull up Neve's picture from last week because it makes me guess, second guess what I said about that one. I'm glad uh... to have put some doubt in your mind because listeners would have heard by now the sort of callousness with which you tore Neve's yeah, puzzle to shreds. Really, just, do you know what it is? Maybe I mistook the like playful like nature of the image in Neve's puzzle, but there is. Like you said, there is a lot of the same colours on the sloths. Ah, interesting. You're coming around to something I said over a week ago. But no, I'd say uh, Neve's puzzle there, um, Child's Play, and I'd say this one that's coming today. (laughs) Okay, you've embraced it. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I don't know. And I'm not... I don't know. Look, hey, I love that... I would say this. The one I'm looking at today... The beautiful landscape is definitely a puzzle I would like to have a go at. Yes. I mean, I'd, I'd like to have a go at both of them, but I do think there's something about this image. Uh, I want to step into this image, whereas the, the sloths, they're cute. I like looking at them. I like them peering back at me. But here there's romance. Those lit Ooh. windows. What's going on in there? You know, what lives well. are being led? Could be a bit of a Cluedo scene as well. Hey. But let's not go down that road. Yeah. No, it could be. Yeah. Oh, George, you're right. It really could be a bit of a Cluedo scene. Yeah. Um. It could be a bit of a lead pipe up the in the library situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant by romance. The romance behind these windows. The mystery of it all. Crowbar yeah. up the... Well, thank you very much for sending that in. I do like puzzle puzzles. Yeah. I d- <laughs> I, That's I, good. I do. I do like the puzzle correspondence. Is what I meant to say. Yeah. Well, you you're becoming a bit of a puzzle influencer. You should start a YouTube <laughs> channel where you just review puzzles. I've been unable to get one um, on uh, Spanish Amazon. There's a very limited puzzle selection, and I think there's a puzzle shortage at the moment as people up and down the nation stock up. But um, I'll do my best. And if you're out there doing a puzzle. Please send it in because George has definitely got an opinion on it. <laughs> Do you know what? I've like I've made this kind of public image of myself of, as being someone that doesn't have opinions on things and smiles and waves and is mild mannered and yeah, but now it did. It, it, yeah, there's but some now things I'm you can't keep quiet about. There's some no. things that you just can't hold back. Yeah. Okay. Well, George, lovely to speak to you once again. Um, Uh, Yeah, thank you for this, mate. I've really enjoyed this chat. Me too. And um, I'll speak to you next week. But just quickly. Uh Oh, yes. For anyone listening, please do head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If there's the option to rate and review the show, please do. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think. As long as it's five star worthy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Subscribe. Tell your friends. And most of all, we're sending love to our brothers and sisters in Canada and we cannot wait to see you all next week. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just add that we're just sending love to everyone. Doesn't specifically have to be brothers or sisters in Canada. Um, everyone out there, thank you. George has for some reason decided that this is his new thing. 
saying thank you to all my brothers and sisters in Canada. Uh, and I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, oh, and also... All right, man. Uh, no, actually, that's it. Oh, <laughs> Bye, then. See you, Ollie. Bye-bye. Yeah.